You're listening to the Tree of Life podcast, where we desire to be a bridge between the two covenantal peoples, physical Israel and spiritual Israel, by inspiring the non-Jewish part of Messiah's body to reconnect with its Jewish roots through biblical teaching and worshipful demonstrations, and to work towards greater understanding and reconciliation between Messiah's body and traditional Judaism. And now, here's Rabbi Joel Lieberman. Shabbat Shalom. It is always an honor, and I mean that very sincerely, an honor to be here. I do not take this lightly coming to anyone's pulpit, anyone's altar to preach the Word of God. So I thank you, Rabbi, for that honor. We're going to talk about stuff that uh, will be initially, forewarn you, initially maybe a little bit difficult, maybe a little painful, but turn to your neighbor and say, you're tough. Yeah. And now turn to your neighbor and say, God said you're an overcomer. So even in the midst of the tough, it's going to be okay. I love this picture behind here, and I want to thank Joe. He put that together. It kind of symbolizes the way some of you may have been feeling lately. It has been a dry time. There have been lots of things going on around the world, as we all know. There have been lots of things going on in your own life, as we all know. And at the very beginning, I want to put this scripture verse up here that will sound a little dry, but don't worry. This comes from Job, if you don't mind. Scripture says, though the root grows old in the earth. Ever felt that way? I'm getting older by the day, and I'm feeling it by the day. Though the root grows old in the earth and its stump dies in a dry ground. Are you feeling refreshed yet? <clears throat> How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get to a place where we're in a dry, dry place? Now, we know we face an enemy of our soul. That's just a fact of life. That's been there since the beginning in the garden. And the same lie has been told to you and to me and to the nations ever since then. Did God really say? And the enemy doesn't do new things. He doesn't need to. The old things have worked very, very well. And when you receive that, did God really say? All of a sudden, the land can get pretty dry. All of a sudden, things can really turn negative. And then you get reinforcement. I Last time I was here, I had the opportunity to share with you guys a little thing called speak life. And too often we don't speak life, we speak death. I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm ugly, God doesn't love me. You see, you don't know my sin. Therefore, God could never possibly. And we say that to ourselves over and over and over again. Most of you know I teach high school. As a high school teacher, every day I look at these students. i got 35 kids in every classroom. And I look at them, and you can see death on some of them. At 15, at 16, at 17, 18. And then I hear them talk. And what do they do? They speak death. 
one of my students made a comment yesterday. After that comment, they said, Neil, I'm sorry. I said, what? He's, he's, I'm speaking deaf. And he stood up in front of the entire class. 17-year-old kid stood up in front of the entire class and said, I want to apologize to everybody because I've been really negative the past couple weeks. Got a lot of stuff going on at home, a lot of problems I'm dealing with. And you know, but you know what? That's not your fault. Yet I bring my junk to you. I don't bring my junk to you so you'll heal me or help me or make me feel better. I just feel my junk because I want to kind of throw it up on top of you. I'm just kind of going, whoa, where'd this kid come from? Because he's been there for a year now, almost a year. This is not the same kid as in August of last year. We go through the process of that dryness. Gas prices, whoo! Okay, uh, I just saw yesterday in the news, and by the way, you'd be happy to know, maybe not, here in San Diego, the average price is $5.73 a gallon. Highest in San Diego as of yesterday was $8.05 a gallon. The highest in California as of yesterday, the highest I could find, some of you may have a higher number, highest I could find was up in the San Francisco area, $9.75 a gallon. That can kind of get to you. Inflation rate. Inflation, which was before COVID, before COVID, was less than about 2%, 2.5%, is now moving up, as you probably noticed, if you bought milk or eggs or bread or anything, 8% inflation rate. 8% inflation rate. Then there, you've probably heard this is a war going on over, there's lots of wars going on. There are wars, there are rumors of wars. There's also a one we all know about because it's in the newspaper every single moment, and they dangle this war in front of us. And my attitude's always been they usually dangle things in front of me to keep me watching what they're else doing over there. So keep your eyes open. Gail just came up here and spoke to you about the things going on in our, in our country, in our state. It's dry, folks. I teach in the public high school system, it's dry. I'm very fortunate. I'm extremely blessed in that the high school I teach at, they don't come in and script us. We don't have, you have to teach this, you have to teach that. But there are certainly pressures to go a certain way, to decide a certain thing. And that can dry you out. That can dry you out. Fear. Fear of everything. Will I have enough money for next week, next month, when I retire? How do I pay the bills? Fear. I already mentioned the educational disaster. How about the sexualization of our children? Dry. Dry. We got sex trafficking. You'll be happy, unhappy, unhappy, pray against us. You'll be unhappy to know that here in San Diego, a place called Parkway Plaza is rated as one of the top sex trafficking places in the United States. Drugs, crime, destruction of the family unit, Collapse of the American ideal, the values I grew up with as a kid, maybe many of you did too. Disunity. Husband-wife, disunity. Family, disunity. Body of Yeshua, disunity. See, you're not the right denomination. You don't say it the right way. You don't think it the right way. Disunity. It's heavy. And the enemy pounds and pounds and pounds, 
and we sit there receiving it. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm just guessing, look at my brothers and sisters here, and I'm sure online, it's dry. Take on top of that what Rabbi's just gone through, injury, okay, pain, physical, Craig's family dealing with all the sickness and illness. Compound all of that. I got a dear brother here, right, you know, that, that's dealing with surgery, left, right, and up and down. I got friends who are dealing with all sorts of problems. Family members that have died. People that are struggling. It's a pretty dry place. It's a pretty uncomfortable place. But, now that you're all depressed, <laughs> my intent is not to leave you there. Because remember what I said, turn to your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer? You are more than a conqueror? That's where we're going to go. Because the reality is, here it is. This is just the way life is. Denying the reality doesn't change anything. I don't want to look at it. Now, I'll be very honest with you. I don't watch the news very often. Why? To tell me how depressed I can be? I'll pass on that opportunity. I get information other ways. There's other ways of doing it. Be very careful with the information you get. Because not everything is true. And everything, as I teach in my high school class, everything has two sides. Every time I teach in my class, I say, guys, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And here's the view of this person's, this is the view of that one. Now, you need to research. You need to look at it. That's why Gail and Salt and Life do what they do. Because they're doing all the research for you. Quick access, easy access. The next scripture verse, though, says, yet at the scent of water. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout sprigs like a new plant. You know, there are certain plants that literally can survive for years and years and years in drought. And then at the scent of water, they spring up. There are some amphibians and some snakes, for all my snake friends, that literally drought doesn't bother them. They simply go into a deep hibernation state. There has been record records of 10 years droughts and the animals alive still. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. The longest plant I checked out yesterday, a date palm, 2,000-year-old seed that was found in some tomb in a very hot, dry area. They took that seed, examined it, of course, and then they... Tried to plant it. Guess what? Date palm. At the scent of water, things change. At the scent of water, life changes. And remember what water throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, water speaks of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit coming down. Water comes. So, so at the scent of water, so where are we going to get that scent of water in the midst of all that junk I just showed you? I just shared with you all sorts of dryness, all sorts of pain, all sorts of hurt. And I am going to guarantee you that most of you feel overwhelmed. What do I do? What can I possibly do? How can I change anything? I belong to a variety of prayer groups, local, otherwise. And I can tell you that on a weekly basis, I get reports about all sorts of things that make me go, oh my goodness. That's happening in my world. 
That's happening in my country. That's happening in the body, the ecclesia, the church. So where are we going to go? I'm not leaving you there. I know some of you are going, okay, let's get this guy out of here quickly. <laughs> okay, Rabbi, get back up there, bad back or not. But No, I'm not leaving you there. I want to show you another picture. This picture is at the center of water. Now, that happens to be Anza Borrego. For any of you who've been out there? Now, if you've been out there during the middle of the driest time of the year, it looks nothing like that. It is dry, it is dirt, it is, you know, jackrabbits, and, and that's it. But at the scent of water, things change. We know how we got here. I hope we know how we got here. We got here because we, we, God's people, have set it out for a long time. We've been very comfortable inside of our church buildings. We've been very comfortable in our little groups. We've been very comfortable going, do you feel spiritual? I feel spiritual. We come, I apologize, I don't want to offend anybody if you do this. I'm not trying to offend you, trust me. You come in the door on Shabbat. You go to church on Sunday. You go to Bible study. You go to prayer meeting. You got your Bible tucked underneath your arm, and you go, how are you? Bless you, bless you. I'm feeling blessed. You feeling blessed? I'm feeling blessed. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. Then we go home and go, life's terrible. But we don't do that here among our brothers and sisters. Oh, we don't want to offend people. We don't upset people. People will think, I can't handle my own. Uh, people will think, why has this guy always got a problem? And so the greatest tool that God gave us, other than Yeshua himself, was prayer. Prayer. We neglect it. We don't use it. Now, please trust me. Do I believe salt and light has a thing to help you? Yes. But if we don't pray for everything on that list, to what value? Go and protest. Absolutely. Please do. Go to the places you need to go. Has God calls you to go. But if you don't pray and open up the gateways, push back the enemy... Allow the water to flow? It's a lot of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. He gave us that tool. So here we go. Here's one story. There was a guy named David. You ever heard of him? Yeah, thank you. David was a young shepherd boy. Talk about dry. Young shepherd boy. Out there taking care of the sheep. When he's done taking it, what happens? Along comes Samuel. What does Samuel do? Samuel anoints him. Wow, isn't that awesome? And then for decades, he waits for the blessing to be fulfilled. He's anointed as king, yet he waits. Sometimes we feel like we're waiting. Sometimes like, okay, Lord, I've I, I prayed for years for this. Lord, Lord, how come you didn't? Lord, I, I got to tell you, last week, I literally said to God, Father, we're praying. Why isn't Rabbi's back better? Because I believe we serve a God who heals. Okay? So I get frustrated. Lord, I don't understand this. I don't understand. I've got dear friends of mine whose children Children raised in a godly family. 
go off to high school, go off to college, and they're floating away from God. Adonai is a joke to some of them. Yeshua, oh yeah, he's a good man. Oh yeah, he was a great prophet, but... David has gone through a whole lot. And this scripture, we're going to find him. This is 2 Samuel, verse 23. Three of the 30 chiefs, the mighty men, okay, came down at harvest time to David in the cave of Adullam. When a band of Philistines, remember those guys? Okay, Philistines, Goliath, that group. Okay, band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephraim. David was in the stronghold, the garrison of the Philistines, was at Bethlehem. Pretty dry for David. Because the stronghold he was in was up in the desert area. It was up in the crags and the mountains. It was up in not a really great place. Those who've been to Israel, some of you have been on the tours, where they've said, and these are the mountains where David would have been hiding. And it's not a green, beautiful, water-filled area. It's dry. And that's where David's at. He's hanging up there. But David had something. David had a crew. Yeah. He had a crew. What was his crew like? Well, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Whoever said Motley, thank you, hallelujah. You're right, Motley. Motley crew. These guys are not people you're inviting home to dinner. Okay? I mean, you can do that. Well, you know, it's so nice to see you here at church, but I don't want to eat with you. Yeah, these are, these are uh, different. Every one of them is a bandit, is a thief, is a murderer, is a tax, just, wow, all over the place. But they come unified with David. They come unified for this purpose. God draws them together. And I love the fact, and I, and I went out and just really confirmed this Motley crew, um, you know, there's, and if you don't know, okay, I've said this before up here, and my, my friends all know this. I'm a Catholic Baptist West Mess. <laughs> I was raised Catholic, got involved with the Baptist Church, then God had a sense of humor, put me in the Pentecostal Church, okay, right here, Faith Chapel, over, over here. And then we went to a Wesleyan Church with Jim Garlow, and then here I am with Rabbi. So I got the whole gambit out there. But I'm the goy in the group, okay? I'm the Gentile, okay? Guess what David had in his group of mighty men? Gentiles. At least half a dozen. Five guaranteed, one yeah, maybe, and one of them was even a Philistine. One of them was even a Philistine, okay? So whatever you do when you're looking at the group that you belong to in this place we call Tree of Life, for those online, for those who gather here, you fit. Don't care how motley you are. Don't care what your background is. We are one in Messiah. Okay? One new man. That's the whole idea. You know, throughout Scripture, it lays out. Please remember when they left Egypt, you know what they took with them? A bunch of Gentiles. Mm -hmm. They crossed the Red Sea, a bunch of Gentiles were with them. That is the way it is. And what did it say? Scripture is really clear. Uh, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no free, there is no slave. There's no male, there's no female in Christ Jesus. Now, please understand me. Do I understand that there are Jewish people on this planet? Oh, yeah. And Gentile people? Absolutely. I have two daughters. My wife had both of them. I know there's male and female. That's not God's point. 
He isn't denying the reality that there are Jew and Gentile and free and slave, male and female, black and white. No. What he's saying is, in Yeshua, in Messiah, it doesn't make any difference. He doesn't care. So if you've excluded yourself, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. Whatever it is. That's not God's heart. That is, did God really say? That's the enemy's heart. Division, division, division. My wife, very kindly, because I forgot it, brought me my sword. This is a sword. This is a sword. Now, I am fully aware that this is a piece of metal. But we all understand the symbolism of the sword, the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And I need to show you something so you understand where we're going with this. Because I said David had mighty men, correct? Uh-huh. Good. I'm not a teacher, so I do that correct thing. Sorry. Watch this. You guys ready? Yeah. Hold the sword, right? Watch this. Why could I not hold the sword? Because I opened my fingers. And when there is unity in your family, dad, mom, children, there is the ability to hold the sword. When there is unity in the body of Messiah, oh, but I'm this denomination. I don't speak in tongues. I do speak in tongues. I don't care. Do you understand Yeshua has Messiah? There is unity. In the scripture, it talks about the fivefold ministries. There are prophets, and there are apostles, and there are evangelists, and there are pastors, and there are teachers. Awesome, great. But if all of them are doing this independently, they can't hold the sword. If you're chasing after prophets, and prophets have their place, praise God. But if the prophet does not work alongside the pastor, and the teacher, and the evangelist, there is nothing. This is the power God wants to release in us. Your family. Ah, John, you don't understand. My family's a mess. Let me explain something to you. I come from a mess. I'm not talking messianic. I come from a mess. My family, uh, we've got, let's see, between my mom and dad, uh, six marriages. Uh, I've got brothers. I've got half-brothers, I've got sisters, I've got adopted sisters, uh, some blended ones, and some I don't even know what they are. They just kind of show up once in a while. Okay? Uh, we had all sorts of problems. We were poor. Didn't have a lot. But you know what? That doesn't change anything about what God said about me. So please, do not sit here right now and say, you know what, well, yeah, that's really good, that, that spiritual stuff is really great, that God stuff is really good, but you know, you don't understand my pain. No, I don't. No, I don't. But he does. And he bore it on the cross. He took it to the cross. And I can't say it's my favorite verse, because many that I love in Scripture, but I love this on that cross. He looked down at the people around him. And I believe fully looking all the way back to Adam and going all the way forward to whoever the last baby ever born before he says, y'all come home. 
He said, it's finished. It is finished. It's done. What about, I'm sorry, it's done. And I'm sorry, your sin, your particular situation, your pain is not something he didn't already die for. You don't got to call him back up and say, you missed one. He didn't. He's got it all covered. So unity becomes a key for me. How so unity? Well, we've got these guys, and it says David... David said, oh, that someone would give me water to drink. Water, scent of water. Someone give me a drink. From that well at Bethlehem. We all know who was born in Bethlehem. The well is very symbolic. Obviously the water. Bethlehem, very symbolic. Obviously where Messiah will be established and come forth from. But here's the deal. Bethlehem is miles away. He's in the dry, weary place up in the caves. So what happens? Well, it says, then three, three of his mighty men. Now again, Motley Crue, remember? Okay, pretty Motley. And you can look at their exploits. Okay, I think Samuel 23 kind of lays them all out. All think there's 37 of them, you know. Lays it all out there, what, they're, what they did, what they didn't do. Successes. One's killing a lion on a snowy day down in the cavern. Another one is killing an Egyptian with a giant spear. Another one is in a lintel field, a bean field, and destroys the enemy. Different exploits. But hear me, please. Different exploits because they're different people. Please do me a real quick favor. And at home you can't do this. Maybe you can. Look around. Just look, please. Do you notice we're all different? And there's a lot of us here, not everyone, not everyone looks like me, thank goodness. If they, if they all looked like me, they'd have very ugly daughters, okay? <laughs> not very nice. We're all different. God uses those differences. And what I want you to do is I want you to understand something really important in this thing of getting together in unity. Don't be rabbi. Rabbi is rabbi. Darcy is Darcy. Okay? There's only one. Praise God, there's only one. Well, for me, my wife says that. But. <laughs> Here's the point Darcy does it with excellence. Why? Because from the time she was in her mother's womb, God said to Darcy, My daughter. This is my plan I have for you. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to be. Here's all the things I want to gift you with. Have you ever seen me dance? You know that wasn't one of the gifts God gave me. Okay? But when you watch her dance before the Lord, you see the joy. You see the gifting just flowing out. Now, you may go, yeah, but, but, but I, don't, I don't dance, John. I don't care if you dance or not. What do you do that brings God joy? And you're gonna, most of you are going to say nothing. That's a lie. Speak life. Your existence causes him to smile. That you know Yeshua has Lord, Savior, Hamashiach, makes him fill with joy. 
So you have giftings that need to be laid out. Each one of these guys have their own gifting. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to go forth. They're going to go down, and they're going to get that water from that cave. Okay? The three mighty men broke through, broke through the enemy's camp. Remember I'm talking. I said we're going to do the prayer thing. I'm talking about prayer. On Tuesday night, when we pray here, the men pray, the ladies pray on Thursday once, uh, the first, second, second Thursday of the month. Make sure you get involved because you need prayer. I need prayer. We all need prayer. But what do we do? We came in here, and Rabbi always leads us. He was not here that night because of the injury. And, and we, we normally we do a little scripture thing, check out what's going on. And I walked in the door, and I said, guys, I'm mad. I'm hopeless, righteous indignation. I'm mad. We're going to pray. Because I'm sick and tired of what's happening to our people. I'm sick and tired of all the sickness being laid on these people. People who worship God. People who are the... the Drummers, they're coming out here, and the enemy is just going boom, boom, boom. And I said, guys, I'm not here to simply go, oh, Lord, please help Rabbi feel better. (laughs) Now, please do not get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. Help Jesus. Just Jesus is a great prayer. Yeshua, ha, that's enough. But he called us to pray both in the spirit and in wisdom. So I knew my rabbi was having back problems. So we're praying for every spinal column landing up. We're praying for every vertebrae. We're praying for the hips to land. We are go- we're going to it and saying, God, you can do this. And we're asking you to move with power and authority. Not just simply, well, bless him, Lord. Yes, Lord, bless him. But Lord, here's what he needs right now. Have you ever had a need? We all have. But my question is for you is, what would you do with it? You see, because if you're going to have what you need, what David needed, a crew of mighty men, and three who are willing to do what? Break through the enemy's lines. The enemy brings this attack against you, against your family, against this congregation. And we can step back and go, well, Lord, help us. Well, Lord, make it better. Or we can go to the reality. God, this is an attack from the enemy. Lord, we deny his ability to be here. Lord, this is an attack of pastors, of rabbi's health. Lord, we deny his ability to go into it. We are going to stand firmly. We're going to pray. We're going to, we're going to fight the fight that needs to be done. But I'm going to tell you, folks, it's not the way most of us were taught how to pray. Most of us were taught to pray this way. Uh, Lord, thank you for this food, um, and uh, bless mom and dad, and uh, my dog, and um, yeah, in Jesus' name. Remember this thing? Put on the full armor of God, taking up the sword of the Spirit, to do what? Not to sit there, not to hold back. But to do battle, not against flesh and blood, but against powers and authorities in high places, against principalities. Now, I got to tell you guys, I had a little trouble with that recently. Here's the problem I had. You said principalities? You said demons in high places? You said? See, because I, again, wait a minute, you know what? There are those people who are the spiritual people. You know, those prayer people? And they do that spiritual prayer thing. So, so, so they, what God meant was, my sister Judy 
is supposed to go into the battles, and I'm going to pray for her, be her support. Lord, help her, make her feel better. But Lord, you know, that's, that's Judy's job. You didn't, you didn't really mean you don't battle against flesh and blood. You battle against powers and authorities. You really, what you meant was those people do that. No, that's not what he meant. Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, he meant you. Fight. What does Nehemiah say? Fight. Fight for your family. Fight for your wives, your children. Fight for them. Fighting doesn't mean sitting back and going, gosh, I wish this didn't happen. Fighting does not mean I don't know what to do. You may not, but how do you find out? You go to the Word. You go to the Lord. You go to your brothers and sisters. You find those people in your community that go, yeah, been there, done that. Let me tell you how God moved. Let me tell you what God did. But we don't. We tend to sit back and go, well, you know, that's for those spiritual people. The mighty men break through the lines. When they break through those lines, they bring back the water from the well of Bethlehem. By the way, this picture, you saw the picture of David's mighty men? These are my mighty men. Now, not every guy who's part of my team, we call it SEAL teams. SEAL teams. Not SEAL, SEALED. Because we're sealed by the blood of the Lamb, right? Okay, good. SEAL teams. Well, I have a lot of people on my SEAL teams. I am so blessed. I cannot tell you. I am, I was, the other night, I'm sitting there, and I'm not trying to do a David thing. I'm out of David for a second. I'm not counting the army. But I am counting the guys God has praying with me and for me. And I've got my, what I call SEAL Team 1, my immediate group, the guys who I work with. I know SEAL Team 6 the best. Don't worry. SEAL Team 1. Those, and you know what? I've got 15 men. I have 15 men, by the grace of God, men that I've walked with, men I've just re met recently in a couple of years, but I've got 15 men on this group. I know if I send a request out, they pray. Not every time do I get an email or text back, that's okay. I know these guys, they pray. And every time they send a prayer request to us, we pray. And God has been so awesome because of the ministry that God's allowed me to be involved with. Praying with pastors, involved with that stuff. I've got seven teams of between 15 to 20 men. And I'm not saying that to go, wow, look at a good job I did. <laughs> what an amazing thing God did. When my dear, dear brother, most of us know him, uh, Pastor Jim Garlow, when he had COVID a while back, six, seven months ago, he contacted me. John, I want the guys praying. I said, absolutely. I said, now, because I pray with rabbis and pastors, if a rabbi were to ever send me a prayer request, my first question back to him was, well, I'd say, yes, I'm praying. Do you want this to go public or keep it confidential? Yeah. All prayer, all prayer should be confidential unless you have the person's okay to do it. All prayer. And Pastor Jim said, oh, yeah. I said, should I use your name? He goes, yes, my full name, including my middle name, everything. Because he was not feeling well. We started putting the word out. But all the guys knew this is not confidential. and go to anybody. They started putting the word out. Again, not doing a David Count the Army thing. I got a text from Antarctica. I don't know anybody in Antarctica. But somebody in Antarctica knew Jim Garlow. Because when that professor, that scientist in Antarctica, 
was in Dallas, Texas, going to the university there. He used to attend Jim's church when Jim was back there 25, 26 years ago. And I asked him, how did you get my number? Oh, I got it from so-and-so. Well, okay, cool. Who's so-and-so? Oh, he's in, he's in Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know anybody in Johannesburg, South Africa. Where'd he get it from? I contacted him. He got it from somebody in Belgium who got it from somebody in Jerusalem, who got it from somebody in New York, who got it from somebody in Ottawa, Canada, who got it from somebody in Dallas, Texas, who got it from somebody here in California. With just a quick number thing, by the end of about a week's time, we really believe there are probably 5,000 people praying for Pastor Jim. Now again, to the glory of God, not because we did anything great. We just said pray, and God spread it and spread it. And praise God, Pastor Jim came through doing great. But you see, that started because we started with the first team. Prayer has to be done one-on-one with your team, with your group. And you've got to remember the prayer is so important that you can't forget to ask. April and I were talking earlier this morning and I made the comment that for me it's sometimes difficult to give things up. I'm used to kind of doing my own thing. I ran my own business for a long time. I'm a teacher. I'm in my own classroom. I run the show there, okay? I'm the boss. I tell my kids, this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship, and I'm the dictator, okay? (laughs) I'm used to doing my own thing, and I have this nasty tendency. You can pray for me. Seriously. Well, you know, I could probably do it better than that person, (laughs) you know? And, And so for me to release it, to give it to somebody is really hard. I struggle with that. But if you don't have a team around you, you're in trouble. If you're trying to be, because please understand this, there are no lone rangers or Rambos in the body of Yeshua. Okay? Rambos don't work. In the real world, great movie, have a good time. Here's the deal. Rambo doesn't work in the real world. No military unit is based upon one person. A military unit is based upon a team together. SEAL teams. When we were in Israel in, 19, in, in 2017, we got, ran into a group. The group was a bunch of special forces people. And we were sitting there, and, and I talked to one guy, and I said, could you tell me understand how you guys function? He did. And they function much like our people do in the Navy SEAL teams. He said, Avi over here is our sniper. I said, oh, great. He goes, but we're all snipers. And Adat over here, he, he's, he's our radio man. Okay. We're all radio men. See, they all cross-trained, but they all had specialties. But they were a team. Now, I'm going to tell you something challenging right now, particularly for the gentlemen in the room. You ladies are much better than we are. Get men to pray with you. Ask men to pray for you. Establish a team around you. Yeah, you've got to build it. Yeah, you want to make sure you have the right guys. That's obvious. You know, I don't let just anyone pray for me because there's some really interesting people out there. It's true. But get that team because you're not designed to go it alone. Don't go it alone. Establish a SEAL team. Establish a fire team. Get that group together because you have a purpose and a point God wants to do in you, through you, and he wants to bless this world. He wants to glorify his name because of you. Stop, one second. Everybody listen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you. You. 
Not everyone else. Well, you know, I know Darcy dances, Rabbi does, you know, and April sings, therefore God's blessing the world because of them. Yes, he is. But each one of you, he wants to use to make that blessing come through. In the scripture it says, David took that water. He didn't drink it. Now understand, the guys have just broken through the lines. They've just gone to battle for him against the Philistines, okay? Goliath's brothers and sisters and cousins, all there. And they're fighting against that. That's what they went through to get there. Then they have to break back through the lines after getting that. And this doesn't, Scripture doesn't say this. It's always in my image in my own brain. So you can forgive me if you disagree. We'll theologically have a discussion later on. I've always thought it's a helmet full of water. These are warriors. They're not carrying Dixie cups, Okay. They don't have little glass vases. I doubt they thought much about getting a pot. They took the helmet, they dipped it in the water, and they ran back to David and said, here, that's my heart, my belief. I could be wrong. But you see, that is what a warrior would do. And then these guys who've now put their life on the line for their brother, for their leader, for their king, now they watch him take that water and go, I can't drink this. I'm sure they're all stunned. He then says, I can't drink this because you put your life on the line for this water. Who am I to drink this? And here's the cool part. It says he pours it out as an offering to the Lord. All of their sacrifice, all their blood, sweat, and tears, all their heart and their love for him, he pours it out as a sacrifice to Adonai. What can you pour out? What do you have that you can pour out? Yourself, obviously. But what's your gift? What's your skill? What do you have? What can you share with others? What gift? What, 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 what have you always wanted to do, but you've never done it because I'm not? I'm not. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, God doesn't love me enough. Pick the eye not. My other favorite is the yabbat. Yabbat. Well, yeah, I know God can do that, but the yabbat. Okay? I'm not a yabbat. We'll destroy you every single time. We'll destroy you. You have to get past that, because what is that? Did God really say that you're a child of the Most High God? Did God really say that you're more than a conqueror? Did God really say you're an overcomer? Did God really say that the fullness of the Holy Spirit indwells you? Last time I checked my scripture, that's what he said. So you got one or two problems. One, either you're not understanding fully what he said, or you're calling God a liar. I don't think you're calling him a liar. But that is it. I mean, we can get real easy and say, well, you know, I'm just not spiritually mature enough yet. <laughs> By the way, I believe, I, believe, I believe if I were to say that in Hebrew, it would be... <laughs> yeah. Okay? Okay, none of us are. What did Paul say in his lifetime? Read through. In the early writings of Paul, he says, I'm a Jew among Jews. A Pharisee among Pharisees. A scribe among scribes. I'm like, so cool, it's amazing. And the end of his life, he says, I am the worst of the worst, the least of the least. 
the more mature he got, the more he realized how much he needed Yeshua. How much the truth of what Yeshua did for him was relevant and important, not only for him to understand, but to share it with other people. Your maturity doesn't mean your salvation. Your maturity or your gifting doesn't mean God's love. But God did give you talents. He did give you abilities. He did give you a heart that he wants you to pour out before him. He wants you to lay out before him. Hmm. If anyone, if anyone is thirsty, John 7, 37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. At the scent of water, a dry land gets green. At the scent of water, the Anzabrego Desert flowers. At the scent of water, you flower. I often tell my students, there's only one thing, one thing that keeps you from being successful. I've got kids who are English language learners from all over the world, you know, Mexico to Iraq to Afghanistan. We've got a Ukrainian kid coming in this week. Awesome. And they go, well, yeah, the language is tough. I go, yeah, the language is tough. I don't speak Ukrainian. My Spanish, terrible. And tr trust me, my Pashto and my Arabic, you don't even go there. But he said, the only thing that stop you from being successful is not your language, it's your heart and your desire. My stepfather, God rest his soul, amazing man, taught me so much, taught me how to live. He was Italian. Oh, sorry, he was Sicilian. I apologize to all Sicilians in the room. Okay, online, no hate mail. And if you do want to send hate mail, Rabbi Joel Lieberman. <laughs> Being a good Sicilian, he spoke Sicilian, Italian, you know, a variation. He was born here in Little Italy. Immigrant parents, both came from Palermo, right? Born right here in Little Italy downtown. Matter of fact, if you go up high, uh, Grape Street and you're ready to get on the freeway there, or Highway 5, right where the on-ramp's at, that's where his house was. They tore his house out to put the freeway and the off-ramp there. His entire life, he spoke nothing but Italian up to five years old. At five years old, my nana got the wooden spoon out. Anybody ever have a wooden spoon in your family? Oh, yeah. Yep. Got the wooden spoon out. She looked at him and she said, Nino, English only. He said, Mom, I'm home now. Nino, English only. Mom, Nino, you live in America. They speak English. You've got to learn to be successful. Learn English. He did. Now, some people go, well, that's so politically incorrect. You're, you're, you're taking his, his, his culture from him. You're taking his diversity away from him. No, if you came to my dad's house the week before he passed away, you would have seen the Italian flag flying there. He spoke fluent Italian, so much so that when he went back for the first time ever to Palermo, Italy, they thought he was a native. He never lost his Italian. He never lost that Sicilian background. He just learned something new. 
So I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. Learn something new. Learn what God has purpose for you. Learn his heart for you. Not what the world says. Not what religion says. Not what the enemy says. What does God say? Quit looking to other people to be your success. Don't do it. Go to the word of God. That will tell you what he thinks about you. And I'm going to tell you right now in this room, I'm looking at some of you right now, and I'm thinking, what God is saying to you is, daughter, you're awesome. You're amazing. Daughter, you make me smile. You bring joy to me. Oh, but, 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 but Father, you know, I, I'm not... Stop. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't pray enough. Stop. Daughter. You are amazing. You are gifted. I love you. And I want the best for you. Men, the father looks at you and says, son, hear that, you're my son. You're an amazing warrior. You have authority and power that I have given you. Because you haven't used it, because you didn't know about it, because you neglected it, because you misused it, that doesn't matter. Because when I look at you, I look at my son, Yeshua. I look at the covering over you. Salvation comes by fully understanding, maybe not fully, by understanding that Yeshua is God. Always was, always will be, never has changed. That he came here on this planet in flesh. That he could go through everything you've gone through. Every pain you've suffered. Every difficulty you've gone through. Every attack of the enemy he went through. And then he went to the cross. He took every single sin that ever had happened, is happening right this second, or will ever happen. And he nailed them through his wrists and feet onto that cross. And he looked down at you and said, hey, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he looked down and said, it is finished. Some of you are thinking, well, yeah, but don't go there. Don't go there. You need, before this week is over, before this week is over, you need to contact three or four friends. I don't have three or four friends. Find them. Create them. You're going to meet them out in the foyer in a little while. You can walk up to somebody and go, I don't really know you, but I am. And, you know, I really use prayer. Could you pray for me? And you know what? I guarantee you, everyone in this room that I know of is going to say, absolutely, I'll pray for you. Absolutely. But please, don't do, don't do you know, that churchy prayer thing. You all know religious prayer thing. Oh, yes, brother, I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Be blessed. And then you forget about it. See, if you're going to go to prayer, go to prayer. If you're going to do it, do it. And keep doing it. And then next week, when you come back here on Shabbat, you go, uh, by the way, I was praying for you. You said pray last week. How are you doing in those circumstances? Oh, I might forget. That's okay. Try and do better the next time. Keep doing it. 
keep fighting, keep grabbing a hold of the word and a hold of your brothers and sisters. Because remember, David had a motley crew. You should get a motley crew. Last thing. You guys put the last picture up there. My wife and my daughters each have a, uh, a bracelet. That bracelet says on them, Daughter, remember who you are. And when things get bad, straighten your crown. Straighten your crown. The picture I was hoping for is the cracked pot. Cool. I, I'm sorry. The crack pot. Yeah, I know. You're all, you're all, yep, yep. You're all thinking, mm-hmm, the crap talk is speaking right now. That's okay. Every one of us is a crack pot. Nobody else is perfect. But the one thing cool about being a crack pot is when the Holy Spirit, at the scent of water, when the Holy Spirit infills you out of those cracks, comes the Holy Spirit. It flows to other people. Father God, I come before you right now, and I thank you for these people. I thank you for my family here, my friends here, those I don't know on the internet, those I don't know in this room. I thank you for each of them, Lord. I ask, Lord God, that you would remind us, you would remind us that your word is true, that you said you would want to fill us up with living water. That's your desire. That's your heart. That you say to us, at the scent of water, the sprig buds. There's new life you have for people here today at Tree of Life. There's healing you have today for those here because your water will flow. Jesus, you told us. Look at these things. John 14, 12. Look at these things. The things I've done, you will do. And greater things than these you will do. So Lord, I pray right now for anyone in this room who does not know you as Lord, as Savior, as Master. See anyone on the internet right now. If you're in that position where you're like, wow, okay, this is a new God, I didn't know, understand what he was really about, then today is a day of salvation for you. Today is a day of salvation. You have a choice right now to say yes or no. That's all the only choice there is. None are promised anything. But right this moment, salvation comes from knowing Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, as your Lord and your Savior, has God. Acknowledging to him, I've blown it, and I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Let me receive the fullness of what you have. And his word is yes and amen. He will do it. So if that's you, pray. But remember, Yeshua did not say, go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. So to be a disciple, what do we need to do? We need to get connected. Get connected with somebody who knows the word. Get connected with a local church. Get connected with a local synagogue. Get with a congregation. Get connected. Pray. Remember my challenge. And guess what? Next week I'm going to bug you and ask you. I really will. Do you have five people? I've only got two. Great. Three more.
go find the people that will pray for you, who can pray for you, and then do something totally radical. Pray. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Because it is His heart and desire to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you can ask or imagine. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to visit our website, treeoflifeca.org, and be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you've found value in this show, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation, to see more content, including our weekly live stream. Be sure to tune in for our next episode as we continue to explore our Jewish roots through Scripture.